Kite? No. I'll turn white. That's what I've heard. Mm, I've heard that. I've heard that. Um, I want to share with you about a young lady who my wife and I have got to watch grow from a very young age up and watch her go and graduate from Rose Hill and then from Mary Harden Baylor. And now she feels the call of God on her life to do mission work. And her name is Hannah Edwards. And just a, a beautiful young lady inside and out, and her heart is in a place. Well, I'll let her tell you about it. So, Hannah, if you would, would you come? Tyler's going to pray for you as, as you come. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we just thank you for uh, the opportunity to gather together as, as your church, Father. God, I pray as, uh, as we hear uh, her story, Father, uh, of the way you are uh, leading her to, to serve your kingdom, Father, I pray that it would be a time for us to remember uh, the mission that we all have to to reach people uh, with your word, Father, so that that one day we can see as many people in glory as possible, Father. And pray this in your name, Amen. Let's see if we can move this little. Okay, can y'all hear me? Is this good? Okay. Well, thank y'all so much for allowing me the opportunity to come and to share with y'all just about what the Lord is doing in my life um, as I move forward in my journey to Madagascar. So it was really a few years ago um, during a leadership and discipleship program that I was doing um, that the Lord changed the course of my life. I was learning about what it looked like to live a life on mission, and I was praying about what the Lord would have me do. And through prayer and conversations, the Lord made it very clear that he was calling me to Africa. Um, And although it felt very crazy at the time, and still sometimes does feel very crazy, um, I look back and can see so evidently how the Lord was weaving my story together from the very beginning of my life. Um, So, okay, let's see. Sorry, get the first picture. Okay, there we go. Um, so in a few months, I will be moving to Madagascar to serve with Africa Inland Mission. Um, and you saw on the slide earlier, um, the did y'all see the map of where... Okay, okay, so that is where Madagascar is located, in case you're wondering. Um, for most people, the only time that they've heard of Madagascar is from the children's movies. So hopefully this will open your eyes to learn more about Madagascar. Um, so in case you're wondering, as most people do, why in the world would I move to this random location in Africa? Um, well, in the southern region of Madagascar, there is a people called the Bara people. And they are an unreached people group. So this means that there is no scripture translated in their language. There are not churches in their communities. There are not believers in whom they can go to to ask questions. Um, These are places where the name of Jesus has yet to be spoken. Um, And so this is why I'm going to tell the Bara people um, about the hope and truth of the gospel. 
Um, I just want to take a minute to encourage y'all. I used to think about moving overseas and becoming a missionary as this really big and complicated thing, something that I could never do. Um, And although, yes, there are many complications and challenges, um, the Lord continues to bring to mind um, that the reason that I'm going is because of Jesus. Jesus gave all that he is um, to save me. He gave his life so that I could live. And how else would I respond Um, but to share this incredible good news with people who have never heard it before. Um, And so, yes, it is not so big and complicated, but it is actually quite simple. Jesus is worth it. He is worth giving our lives for. And so I just want to encourage y'all in whatever you might be walking through, um, that it is worth it, that Jesus is near, that he loves you deeply, and that he is so worth sacrificing for. Um, Okay, so now I would love to share with y'all more about the Bara people. Let's see, there we go. Um, So the Bara people used to be a nomadic people, but have recently began settling in the south-central region of Madagascar. They are a pastoral people, and so cattle is their means of survival. Um, there are many Bara people, over 600,000, um, but they live in small villages, anywhere from 50 to 300 people. Um, they live a very simple life, as life is very hard, um, with no access to education, access to health care, um, not any clean water or good nutritious food, um, life is very challenging for the Bara people. Um, and in this photo, you can kind of see in the back, those, these are the kind of homes that they live in. Um, the Bara people have an animistic worldview, um, which means that they do not worship one specific being, um, but they believe that objects and places Um, hold spiritual powers. And so witchcraft is a huge part of their lives and culture. Um, Their spiritual beliefs really affect all aspects of their life. It affects why they go where they go. It affects the conversations that they have with people. Um, It affects their their work, their life, their family. And in so many ways, they are lost and in such desperate need of the gospel. Um, The really exciting thing, though, is that the Lord has and is sending people to share the gospel with the Bara people. So I will be joining an incredible team of believers um, who I will get to serve alongside in Madagascar. This is a photo of us from June. We got to meet and spend a few days together. Um, It was a really sweet time to bond and pray and dream together as a team. Uh, My team leaders, the Bossos, they have actually lived in Madagascar for the past eight years. Um, And those are their two little boys. And my two teammates, Casey and Ashlyn, and I will be joining them in March. And we are just so eager and excited to get to labor alongside them. 
Um, the Bossos have started a number of different ministries and programs to reach out to the Bara people. And so there are women's ministries teaching sewing and baking. There are um, agricultural training courses. There are discipleship and evangelism training. Um, all of these many different things with the goal in mind of sharing the gospel, sharing Jesus' name with these people who have not yet heard it. Um, this is a photo of the Jesus film being shared. So the Jesus film is just a movie of Jesus' life acted out, and they do voiceovers in several different languages. So they have one with a voiceover of the Bara language, and so they've gotten to share this film um, with over 250 villages nearby. And it has been such a beneficial tool in sharing the gospel. Um, and many have responded in faith, which is really incredible. So another one of the ministries that the bosses have started is a children's ministry. And this is the ministry that I will get to help the most with, which if you know anything about me, you know that I love children. So this is perfect. Um, uh, the children's ministry is run similar to a kids club or VBS. They gather together, share Bible stories, sing songs, um, and just get to play together. As you can see, there are many many children. Um, they actually meet three different times. Um, the children's ministry happens three different times um, each week, serving a different group of children. So each week, over 700 children are hearing the name of Jesus. Um, and I'm just so eager and thankful and excited that I get to be a part of this. Um, so as I wrap up, I would love to just share with y'all um, some ways that you could be praying um, with me for the people of Madagascar. So first um, is just to be praying over the current state of the country. Uh, there is a severe famine right now in South Madagascar, which is actually where I will be. Um, crops have not been growing due to a drought, and so there is a serious shortage in food, um, and many, many are going without. Um, COVID also continues to devastate the country. Uh, they are right now at the height of their third wave of COVID, so just praying um, over these things. Secondly, if you will pray for the spiritual state of the Bara people, if you will pray for the ministries that continue to happen right now and all that we will get to be a part of um, when we are all there together. Um, lastly, if you will pray for my team to be able to enter the country as planned the next few months, um, with the COVID situation, the borders have just recently opened, um, and so we are praying that the Lord will keep them open long enough for us to all um, get in safely. So if you would join me in praying those things, I would be so thankful. Um, and that's it. Thank you all so much for letting me share. It's okay, buddy. I want to, um, first of all, just say that as I prepared for uh, this week, I was reminded 
of the of the fact of just what a miracle it is when we consider the virgin birth. You know, this doctrine is one that is so important to us as believers because we could not do what only a perfect person could do. And this virgin birth that that we talk about so often is one that I know I have some in my own family who skeptics do not believe and that is one they say that's one of their main holdups in their walk with God is they just can't see how this is possible. And I'm going to tell you that this is our hope. That this is the truth that we that we have and and our hope that that this virgin born son of God is the very thing that we had to have in order for us to be made right with God. And so this morning, I pray that you will be able to understand why this is so important, why this virgin birth, this doctrine, this belief, this absolute truth is so important and vital to the Christian faith. And a lot of times when we talk about Jesus, we have traded in these truths of Jesus to just be someone who is kind and sweet and loves everybody and all these different things. But the truth is, Christ is the living God. And, and he came and, and the spirit of God in the womb of Mary and created a miracle that we know as the virgin birth. So this morning, if you have your Bibles, I would like you to turn to Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. And let's stand together as we read from God's word. Isaiah 7 and verse 14. And then Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and she will name him Emmanuel. And in Matthew 1.23, the writer tells us again, Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which translated means what, church? God with us. God with us, God in the flesh, right here. Father, we thank you that your gift to us was a miracle. It was perfect. Timeless. Just what we needed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for this beautiful miracle. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The Bible is so clear as it teaches on the doctrine of the virgin birth, as it teaches us of the importance here. It's, it's mentioned numerous times in the gospel. We've just read it there in Isaiah in the Old Testament pointing to the one that was to come. And in Luke chapter 1 and, and verse uh, 34 and 35, the, it's kind of like, how can this be? How can this thing happen? How can this thing take place that, that a, a person who has never known a man, a woman who's never known a man, how can she be with child? And, and so this announcement has been made to Mary. And she asks this question, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For that reason also the Holy Child will be called the Son of God. 
this this scripture is is over and over again letting us know that that Christ was an absolute miracle that could only come from heaven and it was this it was the work of the of the spirit of God and again as i said a while ago and and there the womb of Mary and God did a great and majestic thing and there he put Christ who grew Inside the womb of the woman was born, was worshipped, was sought after. All because this one thing is so true, that virgin born. We must trust and we must believe that Christ is from heaven. And that it was an act of the Holy Spirit that caused this thing to take place. Matthew chapter 1 verse 20 says, but when he had thought this over, talking about Joseph and all that had happened, and he had the right to put her away and even had the right to kill her, have her killed. But but this is talking about Joseph says, when he thought this over, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Joseph himself understood this is a special child. And this is one that heaven itself has told me to raise. One that has told me to stand beside. And so both Mary and Joseph understood what had taken place. They both had faith and trusted that God was good and true to his word. And they believed without a doubt in the virgin birth. And we know this because if Joseph would not have trusted in what God had told him, Joseph would not have stayed with Mary. He would have left her, but he trusted that what the, what the angel had said was absolutely true. So how can this be? In human thought, in human eyes, in human mind, this is something we can't understand. Folks, if we could understand what God does, we would be in trouble, right? If we could sit and go, well, well God, I can figure that one out. No, no, no. God is so much greater and above us. His ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher than ours. This is God doing a miracle. And two people that we read about here in Scripture absolutely trust in the miracle of God. And this beautiful baby boy became flesh. And the word became flesh. This one that was to be born. This one that was the, the word of God, the son of God. John 1.14 says, The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory. Glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. This miracle that was there, this one that, that walked among the people, that wore the same type of clothes, had the same type of shoes, had the same type of hair and beard and all those things that we can think of that would have been common in that day. That was Jesus. And he walked among the people. This virgin born, perfect child grew up to be a man. And he walked among the people. This one that God sent. This one that was from heaven. This one that was Emmanuel. God with us. Grew into a man. They got to touch him. They got to see the miracles. This virgin born perfect child grew. But listen. 
Things had to take place in his life in order for him to be able to pay for our sin. So we find that he was born under the law. The very things that were there for man were the same things that he had to do. But he held the law with perfection. Right? This is Christ. Not not a single sin. All right? You and I struggle just getting out of bed, especially as we get older, without sinning. Right? First thought in our mind when everything cracks and, 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 and oh, oh, why is this happening to me? Well, there's a lot of reasons that it's happening to us. But here's Jesus, the one that was virgin born, the one that became flesh, the one that was born under the same laws that we were. I want you to listen to what Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 says, and I, I really hope that you'll pay attention to what it says. But when the fullness of time came... God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. But when the fullness of time came. So there was a a perfect timing for Christ. Some of you say, well, what was the perfect timing? What would have made this the perfect timing? Well, think about it. The Roman rule. All right, so there was Roman rule, so now there was a lot of, there was a lot more peace, there was a lot more, um, understanding because of the laws that the Romans had instilled throughout the land. Also, Roman engineering, there were roads now, and there were other things that would take you quicker to different cities, and the people were able to get around much faster than they once could have because there were directions that you could follow. Yes, men, I imagine back in those days, men still did not want to listen to what the woman had to say while riding on the donkey, correct? It's just the way it happens. But there were directions to follow and there were things given. And so this perfect time for everything to happen. Now is the time for the gospel to spread. And not just to spread, but to spread quickly. Because you could go from town to town and city to city. And you could get there quickly. So God knew the very moment that Jesus should arrive on earth. So he sent the Holy Spirit to a virgin named Mary. And a miracle of conception happened. And then the word became flesh. And that word was given to us at the perfect time. But that word was also, that, that, that promise was also born of a woman. You may tell you what that means. Christ was tempted like we were. Yet with what? Without sin. He was born with those human traits. He was born with those things that you and I struggle with, those, but no, God, Christ himself overcame those. He did not have that sinful spirit like you and I have, but he was tempted like you and I. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 says, therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same so that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. In other words, since the children share in flesh and blood, Christ shared there. He was also part of that. He himself likewise also partook of the same so that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. Now, my, my weird brain, and I know I'm weird. My weird brain is Christ being perfect, sinless. I wonder if he ever missed the nail and hit his finger. Right? Anybody in here ever missed the nail and hit their finger? 
And was not your first response to say, praise God. (laughs) Right? My very first response is, hallelujah. I have just hit my finger. Let us gather the brothers and sisters together to rejoice in, in how this hurts. Christ went through things. He, he had things take place in his life. He understood what loss looked like. He had people around him die. He had people around him suffer. He saw the same things that we saw, and yet without sin. Trust me, he had to be virgin born. Because I've never met one of us who are without sin. Verse 15 says, And free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. But clearly he does not give help to angels, but he gives help to the descendants of Abraham. Folks, you and I, if we're here today and we're believers, we are adopted into the family of Abraham. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brother's. So that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. He went through what we have gone through. He has suffered through what we suffer through. And yet he was without sin. Why? Because he was fully God while also being fully man. He had to go through what we go through. In order that he might know what he must pay for. To make propitiation for the sins of the people. To make payment. Final payment. Full payment. This virgin born. Perfect savior. Went through the same. Obstacles in life. That many of us face. That we all face. And yet without sin. You may tell you the importance of the virgin birth. Let me ask it this way. Do you have to teach a child how to sin? They're pretty natural at it, aren't they? About what age does a little kid start lying to his parents? Three, you got that down, don't you? (laughs) A mama's like, three years old. Got it. Somebody said six months. Wow, you got some bad kids. I'm telling you what. About three years old, they get this line thing down. How old do they have to be to start throwing a fit? Yeah. Paige says the moment she was born, her little one just started throwing a fit. Well, she's got it natural. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> Peter, of course. I'm talking about Peter. I'm talking about Peter. Yes, absolutely. I'm talking about Peter. Um, <laughs> here we have a child who has this natural. Listen to what David said about his own birth. He says, behold, I was brought forth in guilt. Some of your Bibles Bibles will say iniquity. And in sin, my mother conceived me. Folks, it is is that natural thing. We, we, We pray for our children not to act like us. And what happens? They act just like y'all. Us. Right? My daughter is many me. 
Thank God she looks like her mother, but she acts like her father. It is a scary combination. I thought, pray for Sean. Telling you, y'all have no idea. Behold, I was brought forth in guilt and sin. Those natural tendencies, that natural bent to sin, those things are there. They're in our life. Had Christ been born with the same fleshly spirit that we have, he would have never been able to do the things that he did. The miracles that took place. The giving of life. But ultimately, he could have never paid for our sin had he been born with the same Spirit, it had to take the miracle of God and the faithfulness of a woman and a man. Both Joseph and Mary knew. And everybody's like, well, you know, Mary knew what Joseph did too because he took the word of the angel. Had Jesus been born with our spirit, we would still be searching for our Savior. But because he went through what we went through yet without sin, Jesus is our only hope. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He made him who knew no sin, this virgin-born, sinless Savior, 